do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 47. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. I've been having some conversations recently with design and technology teachers about what they're reading and where they're getting ideas from about what they think about design and technology and what they do in the classroom and and such. So I wanted to share some thoughts here about what do we read was in design and technology? Where do we get our materials from to challenge what we're thinking? I know we can do that in many other ways through listening to podcasts, through watching TV programmes, through conversation and through talking in our communities. But I do think it's useful to think about what do we read and where do we get our ideas from? And how do we keep up to date and fresh? And whether we're allowing ourselves to be challenged as we think about design and technology. So I started to think about this because people who've spoken to me recently and they've had conversations with me virtually via Zoom and so on will know and have seen me go, I've just got a book about that and I'll reach up to my bookshelf above my desk and, and get a book out and, and suggest this one or advocate they read this or, or challenge some of their thinking about what they're reading. So it made me think about how do I categorise and organise the, the books on my shelves? Well, I organise them in, in lots of different ways in the house. I've got a bookshelf that's just colour-coded, um, just for aesthetics more than anything else. I've got books tucked under the stairs. I've got books in the garage. I've got books under the bed, books by the bed. And I've got at least two bookcases in the study where I work. Just full of things that I've bought, been given and have read. And I'm going to be up front and say, I've not read all of these. I do currently have more books in the house that I think I've almost got time to read. And I know I've got another, I don't know, half a dozen books on my list that I want to purchase in the next couple of months. But when I think about categorising them, they sort of fell into three groups. There's subgroups of the groups, of course there are, but there's three groups. There's the books that are generally about education. There's the books that are about design and technology subject knowledge, right? About, about the, about design and about technology. And then there's the books in the middle, which I see as the crossover that are about design and technology education. And so when I think about books that I select that fit into those categories or that a teacher might select that fit into those categories, I think about the fact that I'm reading them for different purposes. 
So as I've shared in a previous podcast, I lead the master's programme in education. And as part of that, I lead the research skills module. So the books that I tend to read at the moment as I'm building up to teaching the module is I read books about doing research in education. So that kind of fits into that for me, that group about education. But I know that many design and technology teachers, particularly in England, are accessing general books from John Catt or from Routledge publishers or Sage publishers that are general books about education that have ideas that are applicable to lots of different school contexts, but also school subjects. And then at the other side, we have books about design and about design and technology, which is where, you know, particularly I think when we're in the classroom or, or teaching about design, is where we keep ourselves up to date and refreshed and challenged and thinking about design education, uh, sorry, not about education, about design. So we might tend to look at some journals or magazines that relate to design, such as Design Week and so on. But what are the books that we're reading? So I remember when we used to do a module on the undergraduate design and technology education course um, about materials and making, we used to recommend um, Chris Lefteris' book about, about making. Now, unfortunately, that book hasn't been updated, but I think that was a brilliant resource. Then there's books about processes or there's books about designers. And I would find many of these books by walking along the shelves, you know, between the shelves in uh, Boots Library at Nottingham Trent, where I work, and looking at the design section and, and just being curious and taking books off the shelves and taking them out. I found some great books about things like unintended design or um, design research and so on. So things that were about practice, were about designers, were designers showcasing their work on new thinking about design or about technology. And then there's this section in the middle, which is about design and technology education, the books that we read about pedagogy, about the curriculum in design and technology. That's where I think there is a little bit of a gap that there isn't so, there aren't so many books around because when we look at those education books, they tend to be written by non-design and technology specialists. They tend to be written in a very general way, but they're written for a general field, but they may well be written by a history specialist or a English or a math specialist. And they're trying to write it in a general way that is applicable to all subjects. But we look in that middle bit about design and technology education, we're reading books by specialists who know our subject, who know our field, and who therefore are speaking very directly to us about where we are. So I think we have to be very aware about that, about when we have these three different sections of books, about their expanding our knowledge, challenging our perceptions and our assumptions and our thinking in those three different areas. And when we find them, like me wandering up and down the rows of bookshelves at the library, we need to be aware about where they're located and who's recommended them. So I know that, you know, there is a, a, a growing group on social media about recommending books, which is absolutely brilliant. And it's great to see so many people, so many teachers actively engaging in these resources and these books to read them. But I would really be encouraging you to critique them. We don't have to accept the, the ideas in these books. You know, if I haven't mentioned it before, I'll mention it again. L Learning to Teach fourth edition is out, which I've edited. You know, there's 20 chapters, 18 different authors, or 18 or more different authors in that book. You, you won't agree with all of those ideas. You have to critique them. You have to weigh them up and the pros and cons. So that's the other thing that I do when I pick up a book is I think, who's written the book? What's their background? What's their context? Which is why I find it interesting 
to look at education books, general education books about pedagogy, about the person's background, because that helps me understand where they're coming from. Then I have to think about who they're writing for and their audience. And that helps me critique and accept whether I'm the right person that they're writing for. And if I'm not, I may still continue to read the book, but I understand that the book necessarily isn't written for me. And then once I've read the book and I've critiqued it and I've decided what ideas we take on board, then what do we do with it? Do we go back to our departments, our colleagues, our peers, and we share those ideas? How do we do that? And what I'd really love to see more of coming from the design and technology community is this sharing of ideas and our thoughts about these books that we're reading. You know, sharing 150, 200 words about, do we recommend this book? Who's it written for? What's good about it? What's weak about it? How are you taking it forward? So that's kind of my challenge to you is to think about what are you reading? Where are you getting your reading from? How do you critique it? And then once you've critiqued it, how do you share that thought? How do you share that with your classes, your peers at work, colleagues outside of work, but in your community? And how do you share that beyond? Do you write about it? I know that many journals are looking for book reviewers, but also do you write for professional magazines, like for example, the DNT Practice about a book that you've read and about how it's useful or not useful for DNT teachers? So I think we really do need to build up that community of shared knowledge about what we're reading. If you're looking for ideas about what to read, I know that many of the Facebook groups have got some threads on that. And I know the STEM Centre up at York has got some brilliant books on their shelves. But if you've got ideas about what to read and what you've read, then please do feel free to share, share them with me. You can find me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison or drop me an email at alisonhardy.work and let me know what you've been reading. And whether you think I've missed any gaps about what we should be reading and what that reading does to challenge what we do and think about design and technology education. You've been listening to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening. Thank you.